Good design is good business, but great design can be a game changer. Whether you need a new company logo, dynamic presentation decks, or want to bring a Winwood-style mural to your corporate office or event, Thunderous Genius will exceed all of your expectations. The Thunderous team has worked with your favorite sports franchises, athletes, and entertainers, and can't wait to bring that perfect blend of creativity and structure to you as well. So contact them at thunderousgenius.com. Say that the fish tank sent you and receive a 50% discount off your first project. Half off! So what are you waiting for? It's time to get Thunderous. And now, on to the show. diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, OJ, Juice Man, This is strictly for them true fans, golf fans. Number one, of course, y'all. This ain't no ordinary sports talk. Grab up in that fish tank. Welcome back to a special edition of the Fish Tank here. Seth Levitt and OJ McDuffie for the Five Reasons Sports Network. We're burning the midnight oil juice because the <laughs> listeners need to hear this story. It doesn't matter what time of the day we're recording. That's right. We got to get an in for them. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. So what you, Big Seth? Well, I I, uh, I actually wish I was home sleeping right now, but we have a commitment here, Juice. But otherwise, things are good. I'm excited that the Dolphins' regular season is around the corner. Feels like training camp. For me, it feels like training camp has been going on forever. I can only imagine what these guys are feeling right now, three, four weeks into right. the preseason. Right. You know, it, it's um it's a lot easier now, Seth, than when I when I played. You know, uh, Coach Jula, we we had it rough, man. We had two a days, sometimes three a days, and it could go for a week straight. Three-a-days. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, coach, of course course with uh, coach johnson went a couple weeks in a row <laughs> at least two weeks in a row with full pads double dip and sometimes a walk through at night man so that was a, a survival of the fittest type of situation man and the guys that that last through that you know you can last through about anything but coach johnson really brought a college type mentality to training camp which is something they can't do now i don't think they're allowed to practice two days they can't do double dips two days in a row anymore it's incredible it's incredible and i thought this is the way it was like right. i didn't know any you know i started 96 when jimmy did you know, right. as an intern i just thought that's the way y'all got down man no no <laughs> no like huh? you better make sure you come into camp in shape Ready to go because there's no time to get in shape because you will you will die out there you know in terms of not not literally I mean I don't mean to take that funny but you'll you'll be in a lot of bad shape because of the fact that you're out of shape so you better make sure you come in ready to go yeah there was no question about that and then what what I did notice and you you see it to this day is that as you got further into training camp and even during the preseason you guys started getting a little ornery man yeah. you were tired of seeing the same teammates and and going against the same guys and things started to get a little chippy out there that's exactly what happens I man you get tired of seeing you know the same colors on the other side and at that point too Seth you know they know your plays our DBs know our plays better than anybody get out of my so, playbook so they jump your routes you know they they they, they want to get in the mix and that's when, you know, things get a little chippy. Guys want to get get into skirmishes. And sometimes a good skirmish, it actually brings practice along. So, yeah, there's a lot of good times when guys want to rough it up out there, man. And, you know, it helps practice. But, man, you're so tired of this guy. Stop holding me. Stop grabbing me. Yeah. You know, you know the route. You know the check. So why are you jumping the route? Right. And that's when fights start. That's what happens. And so we've seen that around the league. We saw a former Dolphin, Jarvis Landry, got into one in Cleveland the other day. And uh, we had one down here. Yeah. And it cost a guy his job. Yeah. Right? Gabe Bright got cut after the issue with Kenyon Drake. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, it's okay. I don't think coaches mind a little, you know, little fisticuffs every once in a while. But when you, when you sucker punch somebody, you're starting running back. And you're barely making that 52, 53, 54-man spot on the football team. You can't do things like that. 
What you do in that position, you go out there and you work hard, bust your tail, and try to make this team. But when you hit or starting running back, might be dirt, a line dirt, dirt, Yeah, it's that's it. And they didn't waste much time, you know, you know, getting him out of there. And you know, like we talked about, guys are gonna have some fights. Uh, most of the time, no, that's it. It's you know, you get a little, little, little heated, little push and shove, and a couple punches, and break it up and get back to work. But this one here, obviously, uh, was lingering a little bit, and like you said, it cost the man his job. It did. And and as I'm listening to you, Juice, and you're talking about guys are going to have some fights, it's well documented that you're a competitive dude. Yes. Everything that you do to this day, you know, I've played cards with you. (laughs) I have certainly seen you at the bowling alley, although there isn't much competition for you when you're throwing these perfect games. Uh, One, one, Uh, one. One. Yeah, close on a second one. 299 twice. 299 twice. I choked twice. Absolutely crazy. But, But I've seen how hard you compete but there was one time man i saw where things got really heated for you and there was a particular story that may not be the first one that you would choose um but i think it's really interesting and and i think it's something that people might have heard about if they follow the team closely enough but they don't know all of the details and uh you know there's a there was a, a guy on the other side of the ball when you played towards the, the tail end of your career. Right. A big fella. Oh, I, the, I know where you're headed you, here, You know Sam. where I'm going with this one, right? I know where you're headed. Yeah, big D shorty, Daryl Gardner, defensive <laughs> tackle for the Dolphins. Uh, and you had a had a moment. And I want to know, Juice, what's the real story? Well, the real story is, you know, a lot of times, you know, this is around, this is, I think 2001, it's in August. We're in training camp. You know, we're trying to get in shape, get ready for that first game of the season. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of different coaches have different ways of conditioning. I know Coach Shula had his 12-minute run. Right. Which, uh, you know, which was, wasn't a lot of fun. But no. it, wasn't, it wasn't that tough. I know Wanstead, uh, I mean, uh, Jimmy Johnson had, uh, at one point he had 300-yard shuttles, which right. is probably the toughest conditioning the test The shuttles were the had. toughest? Oh, they were, they were brutal. 50 yards, 50 yards. 50, that was, they can have that one. He also had the 110s. We had the, you know, 16 110s, which is always tough. And once they kind of adapted the same program of, you know, the 16 110s. Dave adapted something that Jimmy Dave, did? Dave, well, no. <laughs> Surprise, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but well. also, sometimes those sets for conditioning... Instead of running the gassers, which is sideline to sideline on football field or the 50-yard right. shuttles or the 110s, we do two-minute drill. Mm. Two-minute drill is the most agonizing and the toughest part of football, in my opinion. I think it, it's fun to t- watch, though. It's fun to watch for the for the spectator. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> but if you're looking at, you know, people always look at, at receivers or guys and wonder why they can't get open in the two-minute drill yeah. or, you know, why is he running so slow because of gas. You're, it's, as, it's as exhausting as it gets when it comes to football. There's I can imagine. Nothing, Maybe I can. Yeah, there's nothing more exhausting in football than a two-minute drill for most people. I mean, think about it. For wide receivers, you're running 30 yards. You got to run back. You run 15 yards. You got to run back. It's kind of like running gassers. DBs are backpedaling the whole time. Backpedaling, Doing running forward. Running backpedaling. Run. So it's like in that two minutes, you know, you, you rarely get a chance to, to, to rest. So I think it's important that you practice that in the games because you're not going to get a rest in the game. You might, be, might not have any timeouts. Might not be able to get off the field. So And for, that's about the most critical point of the game. Absolutely. Anyway. Right, sure. or, the, or, or the half. Could be, you know, going in for the half. Say you're going in for the half and, you know, you need to get a score. Yep. You could be up a score, get a score, and say you get the ball coming down the second half, that, that puts the team that away a lot going of time. In yeah. yeah. So we're doing this for conditioning, you know, and I think it's a great idea because guys can actually compete and it can also get the work in, you know, for conditioning. Uh, so number one versus number one. Meanwhile, let me just preface this by saying I wasn't, I wasn't even in uniform at this point. I'm, right. I'm a little banged up. So I, <laughs> but still competing. <laughs> still competing. Yeah. You know, so I'm walking behind the offense on the field, you know, middle of the field, you know, running off the place. And, you know, every time we, you know, audible or do whatever, I know a plays being run so I can stay in the game sure you know, trying to get back onto the football field so we start off on the 20 working our way down 
first down here, you know, converted third down there, whatever happens, we get to the green zone, which is a 20-yard line going in. A lot of teams call it the red zone now, but it's an offense we call it the green zone because we're guaranteed we're going in the score. Got to go, yeah. I got, I got Marino. We're going in the score. I like it. You know? So uh, I don't even know if I had Marino there. Not at Not that, that time. Point. <laughs> Unfortunately, didn't. No, no. But that's what we started calling it the green zone. You know, so, but I tell you, so at this point, we get to the 20, and I look up, and Daryl Gardner's taking himself out of practice, out of, oh, out of the drill. Tapping out. And I'm like, Daryl, what's, what's going on, man? He's like, fuck you, Juice. I'm like, man, this is conditioning, <laughs> man. Get back on the field. He's like, fuck you, Juice. You know, I'm like, I was like, Daryl, man. And I see him walking towards me at this point. I'm like, like what are you going to do? Right. And that's you know so I, mean? I want to paint the picture for yeah. folks, okay? So, so we're out there. If you've been to Davey, you've been to training camp, there's two fields there. And, and I remember this like it was yesterday. So this is on the far field yep. from the bleachers, and you guys were heading in towards the facility. Yep. All right? So Daryl, you know, he's big guy in the middle. If he's coming out, he's literally in the middle of the field, and he's walking. So this is, you guys are having this, this uh, yeah, dialogue. This dialogue. We'll That's call a it good dialogue. Word. You guys are having this dialogue, and it's a shouting match because you guys are 25, 30 yards away from each other to start. Right. Right, and so that, that gap started to close. It, it did, it did, and it, it closed pretty quick. He's a big guy, and then, you know, and he and I was thinking to myself, Seth, I'm like, all right, I'm the one that's popping off right here, but I know it's, it's for the betterment of the team, and it's definitely better for him because you know nobody said a word to him when he checked out. Yeah, nobody, and that's how it was around the facility a lot of times. Now, what bothered you more that he was tapping out or that nobody said anything? Well, it started about off with the tap out, right? And then when I realized I was on my own, <laughs> that really when I, <laughs> by confronting him about it, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh, here we go. You yeah. know what I mean? But it was like the same old, same old at that point. Nobody was saying anything to Shorty, let him get away with whatever he wanted to get away with, taking himself out of games at times. You know, you can't do that. When, you, when the man next to you is counting on you, yeah. you know, especially in a two-minute drill, everybody else is still in there. Everybody in there, everybody else still in there working. Yeah. You, know, you can't, you can't take yourself out of that situation because you know what? The twos are going to go next, you know, for do their conditioning. So he's going to bring a two in to replace him and that two's got to go again with his group. No, that's not how it works. And Daryl wasn't, you know, in, in fairness to Daryl, I mean, he was an important part of that defense. It wasn't like he was just a guy. He was instrumental in yeah. the middle of that defense. You know, yeah. he and Tim Bowen, they were unbelievable in the middle of that defense. And, you know, for him to set an example like that, I think it's all about examples for the first part, for the most part. You got young guys that think, Oh, that's how it works. And uh, so we have to grind through, especially in conditioning tests. And that was more of a conditioning test as well as a drill where guys can go out there and compete. So meanwhile, he's making his way towards me. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? I'm a grown man, a bunch of alpha males out here. I'm not going to run from this dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, that would have looked real bad. Right. It looked even worse. So I stood my ground. I would have run, but you, I, I understand yeah, why you, you didn't. Yeah. I'd have been gone. Zigzag, you know. Well, he would have caught me. So, you know, so I stood my ground. All of a sudden, Seth, he comes up, man, with a two-handed just drill shot in my chest. And I promise you, I must have fell back a, a whole first down, at least 10 yards, man. Oh, man. At least 10 yards. I, I didn't know how far it was, but I did see the bottom of your sneakers. See, there you go. I saw yeah. my I saw my you laces in the sky. So, yeah. You caught You had a air. different perspective than I, I had. I did. I oh, did. Thankfully. Man. So, needless to say, I was hot. I rate. You know what I mean? First of all, Daryl's 6'5", 6'6", 300 pounds. You know, Big, at this point, I'm 5'10", 192, 193. You know, so I was already at a disadvantage at that point anyways. But I wasn't going I wasn't going to back down. But at this point now, I'm not going to fist fight him either at this point. You know, which, you know, we've seen some good fights out there on the football field as we well. Have. But, you but know, usually, usually the guy has a helmet on yeah, too. Or usually they're of the same size. Well, that's true, right? The DBs and the, <laughs> and the receivers right. are that's fighting. Right. They're not taking on the, the defensive tackle. That's right. So... 
at this point, I'm just mad. I'm I'm hot. I'm I'm heated, you know. And I'm you know what? I'm still not backing down. At this point, I'm 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 really charging Shorty a little bit. Yeah. But I've got a little defense, you know. I got Jason Taylor's right there. He's trying to hold me back a little bit, you know. And I was like, at this point, I'm like, you know what? I can't fight this dude. So what do I do, Seth? I start making a beeline to the parking lot. I remember it, man. And and so again, from my perspective, you know, I was in PR. Again, you guys were coming in towards the facility. That's where all the media was. Mm-hmm. So my initial concern, well, first of all, I was like, holy shit, that just happened. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking at the media, and they all realized it just happened. As you said, it was a ruckus at that point. But then I saw you going to that parking lot. Right. Because you can go right out that gate into the parking lot, and anybody who has ever played pickup basketball in their life knows when somebody doesn't like what happened on the court and they start heading to the car, it is not a good thing. Time to scatter, right? Get out of there. Yeah, I know we're making light of it right now. Back yeah. then, it was a you know a crazy situation and yep. something that you know obviously you know that you know that I'm not proud of. But at that point, I was so mad. I was headed to my car for one reason. I was headed to my car to get my gun. I was, you know, and in lieu of everything that goes on nowadays with guns, you know, I wasn't a responsible gun owner at that point. Right. And I, you know, and that, that had to change. But I was on my, I was mad. And on my way out there, Derek Rogers came up beside me and said, Juice, man, calm down, Juice. Juice, you don't want to do this, Juice. You know what I mean? It's okay, Juice. Just relax a little bit, you know? And I, I know the whole way, it must have been a, I would say about a hundred yard walk as well. well. He caught you before you got out. Yes. He was, he walked the whole way to my car I, I with me. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. So he walked the whole way with me, you know? And, um, the whole time I'm crying because I'm mad and I'm, 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 I'm embarrassed. So you literally just, were in tears. He's literally in tears. And, you know, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mess this dude up, man. I was just, just mad, man. I, I hadn't been that mad ever in my life. And so I got out there. I got out to the car. Derek and I were still talking, man. And you know what? I said, you know what, Derek, you're right. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do this. You know, Thank God I, Derek was there. At that point, man, I almost ruined everybody. I almost ruined a lot. Yeah. It, it had been a, a hot mess. And, you know, I grew up that day, Seth. I really did, wow. man, because I had a couple cars at that point. I had a, a gun in both cars. You know what I mean? It was like, at that point, I was like, what am I doing? I'm about to ruin my career, a, a, a pretty good career at that point, over Absolutely. some over some nonsense, you know? And, um, you know, I, I really, I'm an advocate, complete advocate now, and always have been since then, of, of a responsible gun control, you know? And, sure. And, 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 and gun ownership. And, and that's what I did. You know, I have a gun, at, you know, to protect myself and my family at home. But other than that, though, you know, I, I, I grew up that day. And it was important that I grew up that day. Because um, I could have messed up a lot of things in a lot of people's lives, including my own, Daryl's, the, the Dolphin organization. So that was, um, you know, it was a learning experience for me. And I, and I grew up and it took a long time for me to even come to grips with the fact that I almost did that. Yeah, that's, I, you know, I, I couldn't believe I almost did that. And I tell you, I learned, I, I got a lot of, I got a lot of praise, not necessarily praise, but, you know, the, the defense really came to my, my back and my defense at that point, too. A lot of street credit at that point from those guys. And, and uh, they, they respect the fact that I stood up to Daryl. They also respect the fact to do with nothing the, with the other yeah. situation. Uh, so, and Daryl, I mean, Daryl didn't say a word to me for a couple years. Man. You know, it took him a while. Didn't say a word to me for a couple years. And, you know, a few years after that, he finally apologized. No kidding. So I, you guys ran into each other at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I... I I think that locker room really turned on him after that. Mm. And uh, a lot of D linemen, you know, Jason Taylors and guys like that, and the Derricks and the defensive guys, they they really turned on him after that situation because 
they know what I was about. They know I'm always sure. the guy that's always trying to lead the team out there. I'm trying to make sure, you know, we're doing things the right way. If we got a conditioning drill, when I was able to do it, I was always leading it, you know. So it wasn't about me trying to call Daryl out. It's trying to get him to realize that you can't do this because, you got for one, you got young guys watching. Right. And for two, it's for the betterment of the team, you know. And he took it to a different level with a guy way smaller than him, yeah. you know, which he lost a lot of, you know, respect in the locker room over that. So it was a, it was a big moment for, for me, for our team. That was a, the last year I actually played for the Dolphins. I got released after that season. And I'm not sure what happened in his career, but like I said, he, he did apologize a few years later, uh, realizing that he was, he was in the wrong. I think we're both a little bit in the wrong, you know, but uh, uh, for him to put his hands on me, I really, uh, really could have messed up a lot of things in, in both of our lives. In that yeah, situation. no kidding. I mean, that's, you know, what, what really sticks out to me. And obviously I've, I, I was a witness to so much, so much of this, but for you to tell me that here's a guy who went to Penn state, you know, your entire career, and then really that was after you had been a Dolphin for eight years or so. And for you to say that you grew up that day is a pretty powerful statement. Yeah, it really is, man. Because, you know, coming out of Penn State, a, a, a rookie with no family, you know, I mean, you know, in terms of wife and kids. Sure. You know, so I was really just enjoying life down in South Florida, you know, but in, into my eighth, ninth year is when I really grew up and realized that, you know, I got to really take care of everything else in my life. And be smarter about some of the, some of the decisions I made in my life, and that was one of the decisions that day that you know made me grow up a lot, you know. And I, you know, and I, I really do thank Derek, Derek Rogers a lot, and I, I, I do thank Jason Taylor a lot because of. Uh, you know, Jason is the one that kept me from charging Daryl, which could have been even more catastrophic for me. Yeah, in a whole different way. Yeah. And then, and Derek, you know, helped me out and, and really helped me out for the rest of my life in terms of my career, you know, with the walk out to the car and, and the, the talk that we had out there. So, wow. yeah, it was definitely a, one of those enlightening moments in my life. And, you know, when I definitely matured that day, for sure. That's It's unbelievable to, to think back to all of that. But again, like I said, I can't emphasize enough to hear you say that. And, and reflect and say that that was a day that you matured, even though, you know, we look at a guy who's been in the league eight years right. and, and that's a grown man. That's a guy who's on the tail end of his career in one way or another. Um, so that's really powerful. Well, and I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I do, I was very mature on the field and, and you know, in the locker room, you know, in meetings, that's, that was, I was very professional about that stuff. But when I snapped right there, there were some things that in was life, another huh? part that really had, you know, plus, you know, like I said, I was hurt trying to get back out on the football field. So that was already bothering me as well. And then you get this incident. You know, now I'm at a fevered pitch. It's really, you know, the emotions are high at this point. Yeah. And, man, I'm glad they, everybody that I calmed down. Derek calmed me down. Everybody calmed down. And, no kidding. You know, we're here today to tell our story. And I appreciate you sharing that story, Juice. Really honest and open. And I'd love to ask you a few more questions about that right after we go to break because we still got to pay some bills. On Three Yards Per Carry, we give you a little bit of culture. I'm in Edinburgh for the world-famous Fringe Comedy Festival, which is essentially a cornucopia of comedy, and I am scouting for talent. Do you measure their 40 time or uh, get their vertical? No, pretty much not, unfortunately. Is Benny Hill there? Benny Hill's dead, buddy. (laughs) We also give you the finest in news and analysis of your Miami Dolphins. Listen to us every Thursday and soon every Tuesday and Thursday during the regular season on your favorite podcast provider. Hey, this is Gary and Thorne, host of Fantasy on 5 on the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Draft season is growing ever closer on the fantasy football calendar, and we are preparing you twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, for those big drafts. If you weren't listening to the show this week, here's what you missed. 
Jackson is is a complete bust. He's a fade. I wouldn't even think about him. He's one of those guys that I would only play in DFS and maybe take a flyer in a standard league if he continued to drop down the board come draft day. I want the upside and the young, fresh, talented Godwin who's got some hands. Again, check out Fantasy on 5 with myself and David Ganos every Tuesday and Thursday on the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to the Fish Tank. Seth Levitt here with OJ McDuffie for a special training camp edition of the Fish Tank. You just heard an incredible story that Juice was was kind enough to share with us. Kind of amazed that you did t- take the time to share that in this public forum, OJ. It's a story that I've known for yeah. quite some time, and as I said earlier, it was public to the extent where you and Daryl got into it, but I don't think anybody had any idea how deep it was and I just appreciate you taking that time to, to be that open. But I, as you were telling the story, and, and while we were at break, it made me wonder, have you shared this story with other people? I know you get invited to talk to, to the Dolphins every year. You mm-hmm. talk to the rookies. I have to imagine back at Penn State, you have the opportunity to go back and, and speak to those younger guys. Is this a story that you ever share with them? Yeah, you know, Seth, I've never shared this story like publicly. Wow. Because uh, it's, it's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing story. You know, it's a story that... You know, I, I regret the actions I almost took. But the story I do try to share with the young guys and the, and the rookies and as well as some of the guys at Penn State is make smart decisions. You know, any bad decisions you make, any stupid decisions you make like I almost made, it'll it'll cost you your career. It can cost somebody, you know, even more importantly, their, their lives or things like that. So make important decisions. The spotlight is on these guys. Spotlight, you know, is, 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 is way bigger than it was when I played, considering the social media, there's camera phones, there's things like that out yeah. there. You can't avoid anymore. And it wasn't that I was trying to avoid anything. I've never been that mad in my life. I've never been that upset in my life. And, you know, and I've never taken it to almost that point in my life. And, you know, I think the most important thing I can tell these kids now is, you know, be careful. Be careful what you're doing. Like I said, I was being stupid that day. I grew up a lot that day we talked about. Um, But same time, little things will ruin your career. And why? Why would you do something so stupid to all the hard work that you've done since you were in Pee Wee? Uh, middle school, high school, college for everybody, and then you get to this level, and then you ruin it over something stupid. And uh, that's what—that's the thing I can tell them more than anything. Then that's the biggest life lesson I can tell most of these guys. There's no question that's an important life lesson. And you know, you're saying you were embarrassed, but the reality is, is that well, yeah, it might be humbling and embarrassing and looking back, but it, it was an opportunity for you to grow. Yeah. And and the fact that again, thank goodness that Derek Rogers was there, you know, but but clearer heads did prevail. And and I think you said you you changed the way that you you know the way that you're as a gun owner correct you changed your viewpoint on all of that how soon did that happen like did you you know that night Seth it really was that night man when I sat there just thinking about what I almost did or what I was contemplating doing mm-hmm. you know who knows you know how far I would have gone with that situation I, I you know I I don't know if I would have done anything that stupid or maybe I just would have gotten my car and gone home like I did eventually anyways but I know it was on my mind at that point right and that's what bothered me more than anything but that so, night I got home and it was that was it man no more guns in the car took them right uh, out took them right out of the car wow. you know kept them there, there at the house to protect me and my family you know but that's that's it though man and I think nowadays too I don't think you're even allowed to have weapons on premise nor should you, know, you in the right? NFL you should not there's enough security on premise now yeah. that to look out for the players and they do a great job over at our facility in Davie uh, so guys get inside that gate and they, they're well protected but me man you know being a little knucklehead at that point seven eight years into the league at that point and I still was about to make a dumb mistake at least even brandishing it you don't have to even use it yeah, if you had walked out. out of that field 
killed with a gun in your exactly hand. Exactly right. Just imagine what that would have done for the rest of. I mean, you've had an unbelievable career in the media, right? You're you know you're you're a businessman now, real estate, all these things. Imagine if that last in, lasting image was you walking out on that field with a gun. Exactly right, man. And uh, so yeah, twenty years ago, twenty plus years ago, man, there was a a, a dumb OJ out there that took his emotions, you know, and and the way he felt, you know, a little too far. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad, you know, that night I got a chance to sit back, you know, and reflect and realize what I almost did. And um, I think it's a, a heck of a lesson for a lot of people, man. It's like it's almost like nowadays when people don't think before they press send, you know, right. and that's what that's like a that think before you press send, you know, because you def, definitely do not know what the repercussions are going to be. And uh, Derek Rogers, man. I really do. JT too. JT had it separated, um, but Derek Rogers, man, the talk we had along the way, and and you know the, the you know just him calming me down, uh, it, it was great for me, and it's just just good for me to just go home and reflect, and that's what I did, and I woke up, I think, a better person the next day. Yeah, I mean that's that's powerful stuff when you say that, and so that's you know going back to when you said you're embarrassed and you you, you haven't shared that story. I wonder if now having having shared that story here on the fish tank, if you'll be more likely to do that if you're in a private setting with a bunch of guys who you can relate to. You know, you've kind of gotten it off your chest, but I think there's value to that story, man, because you know there are guys who who have a firearm right. somewhere, and uh, whether it's you know whether they have the license or or whatever it might be, the reality of it being kind of that arm's length away and things get heated in that and, and the emotions there. I think it's a powerful story that probably could help some people. Yeah, I think so as well, Seth. You know, I am for all for the Second Amendment and owning guns responsibly. You know, and I, that day I wasn't being very responsible or wasn't going to be very responsible. So I think that all these guys need to, you know, sit back and relax a little bit. Uh, we do hear guys, you know, talk a little bit about guns and, you know, you hear it all the time and see it on TV a lot. But, you know, be careful. Be careful, you know, and there's some there's some laws around here that, you know, allow you to carry your guns, but carry them responsibly. And that that's the most important thing. And, you know, a lot of guys, especially us, you know, we're we're already amped up anyways. We we play with our, you know, we, we wear our emotions on our sleeve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being that having that type of attitude and that mindset as 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 football players, you gotta be careful when you combine that sometimes with with, with firearms. And I think that that's why they need to stay at home. They need to be put away safely. And only used in the absolute, absolute must situation. Well, as I said earlier, Juice, I, I truly appreciate you being so open and you sharing that. I know it's a very personal story. And uh, I, I have to imagine that the listeners are sitting here probably a little bit in shock. They that are. They're hearing I'm the sure story. they are, man. Because, you know, like you said, you, you, you heard about the fight, but you didn't know how far it almost went. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, and I, I, I really love. The listeners and the, and the fans and the and the love I've gotten from all the South Florida man and you know imagine messing that all up over one awful decision and that's what it could that's what it almost turned out to be. Yeah, well, thank goodness that it didn't. Again, thank you for sharing it and uh, certainly appreciate all of the folks that support this show, both those listening our advertisers that are out there. DJ Preach, who is not here late night for us, right. but typically is. We, we are definitely thinking about you tonight as we record this one. And uh, Yeah, Preach. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to tell that story another time that's another episode of the fish tank but again thank you to everybody who's been listening to the fish tank if you haven't uh subscribed please go ahead and hit subscribe when you're done listening if you have subscribed we'll take one of those five star ratings that's we don't right. turn those down ever and next tuesday you can hear another show so thanks all thanks for diving in you're now diving into the fish tank.
was Seth living. Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. dog fans. Number one, one, of course, y'all. This ain't no ordinary sports talk. Dive up in that fish tank. Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rockin' with OJ and Seth when we dive up in that fish tank. Uh, uh, fans with attitude, we okay, gotta dive up in that fish tank. Celebrate big or cry hard. Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard. Old school, a new school, mix it in. Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players, no secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie. Bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fans. You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in. Fish tank. Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank.